We're considering Baptist Catechism 16 this afternoon. Did our first parents continue in the estate wherein they were created? That is the question. Answer, our first parents, being left to the freedom of their own will, fell from the estate wherein they were created by sinning against God. I'll read now Genesis chapter 3 in its entirety. Here we have an account of man's fall into sin. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of the tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together to make themselves loincloths. And they heard the Lord And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave... Be with me. She gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head. And you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil, Now lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man and at the east of the garden of Eden he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. So far the reading of God's most holy word. May he add his blessing to the preaching of it this afternoon. I would like you to listen again to question 16 of our catechism. Did our first parents continue in the estate wherein they were created? The word estate is very important. We don't use that word very often, do we? Instead, we might say state of being or condition. 
Did our first parents continue in the state of being? Did they continue in the condition wherein they were first created? If you and I were talking about a person, let's say Michael, I'm not sure why I chose that name. And if I were to ask you, what is Michael's estate? I would be asking you about his condition. I would not be asking you about Michael's nature. His nature is fixed. Michael is a human. More specifically, he is a human who is male. But that does not change. Our natures do not change. No, if I were to ask you about someone's estate, I would be asking you about their condition. Human beings do not change with the passing of time as it pertains to their nature, but we do experience changes as it pertains to our estate. Those who are in a healthy estate might become ill. Those who are in a poor estate might become rich. A rich man and a poor man do not differ as it pertains to their nature. They are both human beings. What differentiates them? It is their estate or their condition which differentiates them. So listen to the question again. Did our first parents continue in the estate or condition wherein they were created? What is meant by the words, our first parents? Who are we talking about here? We're talking about Adam and Eve. They're called our first parents because from this man and this woman, the whole of the human race descended. You have parents, you have a father, and you have a mother. They were joined together, and that is how you were brought into this world. And your father and your mother, they had parents. You call them grandparents, and your grandparents had parents too. And I think it is incredible to think that this whole process of procreation could be traced back to one man and one woman, Adam and Eve. The book of Genesis tells us about their creation, and they were created by God. And Adam was created not only to be the, the fountainhead of all of humanity as it pertains to procreation to that process of descent, but also he was appointed by God to be the federal head or representative of the entire human race. We have Adam and Eve as our first parents. They were created by God and in his image. So did our first parents continue in the estate or condition wherein they were created? Well, what was the condition of Adam and Eve when God first made them. What was their condition? Notice I did not ask what was their nature. We know that they were humans made in the image of God. That was their nature. They possessed bodies and they possessed souls. Human bodies and human souls. And as humans they possessed the ability to think, to feel, to distinguish between right and wrong, to make choices and to act. These are things that humans can do. This is what it means to be human. Humans were made in such a way that they could know, obey, worship, and serve the God who made them. They were made in the image of God. I did not ask you what, what's Adam and Eve's nature. I, I asked you what was their condition. What was their condition? How were they made? What was their condition? Were they flawed when God made them? Was that their condition? Did God make Adam and Eve ill? Were they lacking in something? We say no. God made Adam and Eve upright. The Genesis narrative is very clear about this. When God made man, they were good. Indeed, God says everything in creation was very good after He made it. I wonder if you can remember how our catechism described 
the estate or condition of Adam and Eve when God first made them. In fact, there are two questions that speak to this. Question 12 of our catechism asks, what is the work of creation? Answer, the work of creation is God's making all things of nothing by the word of his power in the space of six days and all very good. The words all very good tell us about Adam and Eve's condition, don't they? What was their condition? Their condition was good. (laughs) They were in a good condition when God made them. They were without defect. They were without blemish. They were free from all corruption. They were free from sin when they came from the hand of God. Question 13 also speaks to the estate of Adam and Eve. It asks, how did God create man? Answer, God created man, male and female, after his own image, in knowledge, righteousness, and holiness, with dominion over the creatures. The words, in knowledge, righteousness, and holiness, speak to the estate or condition of Adam and Eve. To state the matter negatively, Adam and Eve were not created ignorant. They were not created unrighteous. They were not created impure. No, in their original condition, they possessed true knowledge. They were righteous before God, and they were holy. Their condition was good. Chapter 9, paragraph 2 of our confession refers to this original estate of man as the state of innocency. I appreciate that term. Adam and Eve, when they were first created, were innocent. They were in a state of innocency. Our confession goes on to say that in that estate, the state of innocency, they had Listen to this now, please, carefully. Freedom and power to will and to do that which was good and well-pleasing to God, but yet they were mutable or changeable so that they might fall from it. This was the original condition of, of Adam and of Eve. They were upright. They were innocent. They had freedom and power to will and to do that which was good and well-pleasing to God, yet they were mutable or changeable so that they might fall from their original condition. And clearly, this is what the Scriptures describe. Man was good, indeed very good. But when God entered into covenant with man, He set apart two trees in the garden from all the rest. The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Just think about what these trees represented. They represented two paths. To walk on the one path, Adam would have to lovingly obey God and live in submission to His Word perpetually. To walk on the other path would mean that Adam had rebelled against God in his heart and had decided to listen to the voice of another. This was a time of testing for Adam. When God made man, He endued the will of man with the natural liberty and power of acting upon choice. Adam had this ability as a human creature to act upon choice. They were neither forced nor by any necessity of nature determined to do any good or evil. That is Second London Confession, chapter 9, paragraph 1. They were upright and good in their original condition, but our confession is right to say that they were unstable because God gave them a choice to make and the ability to act according to the freedom of their will. Again, the question: what did our first parent, or excuse me, did our first parents continue in the estate wherein they were created? In other words, did they remain in this state of innocency? Did they continue to be good? Did they preserve and knowledge righteousness and holiness? Now for the answer, our first parents, being left to the freedom of their own wills, fell from the estate wherein they were created by 
sinning against God? Here's the short version of the answer. No, they did not continue in this estate. They did not continue in this condition that they were originally in. They fell from that condition. Our first parents fell from the estate wherein they were created. Notice this. Their nature did not change. Their nature did not change. They did not go from being human to non-human when they fell. They did not go from being image bearers of God to non-image bearers of God. While their nature remained the same, they remained body and soul, their condition changed. They went from being upright and innocent to fallen and corrupted. They went from being clean to dirty, if you will, you see. It was their condition that changed. Their nature was the same. They are still human, but now they have a fallen nature, a corrupted nature, a deprived nature, you see. And of course, this is going to have an impact upon their ability to live in a way that is pleasing to God. Chapter 9, paragraph 3 of our confession calls this fallen, calls this fallen state the state of sin. So what state were Adam and Eve in when they were first created? They were in the state of innocency. But their condition changed. When they fell into sin, their state changed. They they fell into a state of sin. Our confession is right to say this. And then it goes on to say how this affected their ability. In this state of sin, man has wholly lost all ability of will to any spiritual good accompanying salvation. So as a natural man, being altogether averse from that good, is dead in sin, he is not able by his own strength to convert himself or to prepare himself thereunto. Do you see what has happened here? Uh, The nature of man before the fall was one thing, and it was the same thing afterwards. Humans are humans. They have body and soul. They have certain capacities. They're made in the image of God. That image even remains. What has changed, though, now that man has sinned? It is their condition. We are now in a a fallen state, a fallen and depraved condition. Man originally possessed knowledge, righteousness, and holiness. Now that Adam, our federal head, has fallen into sin, we are born into this world ignorant of God. We are born into this world unrighteous. We're born into this world unholy. This is what the scriptures clearly teach. Do you see how this works here? It is not the nature of man that has changed but it is man's condition that has changed. How did man fall from innocence? We say by sinning against God. And what is sin? We will soon learn to say that sin is any want or lack of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. And what was the sin whereby our first parents fell from the estate wherein they were created? We will soon learn to say The sin whereby our first parents fell from the estate wherein they were created was their eating of the forbidden fruit. That was the particular sin that they committed outwardly. But we know that before Adam could eat of that that forbidden fruit in an external way, before he could take it and partake of it, Adam had to sin against God where? In his mind and in his heart, you see. Before Adam rebelled, Adam became rebellious within the mind and heart against God. He grew discontent. He listened to the voice of another and believed that voice and rejected God. He became a traitor in the heart before he became a traitor in action. Lastly, I wish to ask the question, how could it be that Adam, who was perfectly good when God created him, 
who possess true knowledge, true righteousness, true holiness, how could it be that this man would rebel against his Maker? How could it be? There are mysteries here, of course. But one thing we can say is that Adam and Eve were left to the freedom of their own wills. They were left to the freedom of their own wills. You see that phrase in answer 16. Our first parents, being left to the freedom of their own will, fell from the estate wherein they were created by sinning against God. In other words, they did not sin because God made them with some defect in them. They did not sin because God created them unholy. They did not sin because God made them sin. They possessed free will. Did you know, brothers and sisters, that we believe in free will? We do. It is a a misunderstanding of the Reformed or Calvinistic uh, faith, uh, the Reformed and Calvinistic confession, to say that we do not believe in free will. We certainly do. We believe in free will. God created man in such a way that men and women are able to make free choices. It's, It's a part of what it means to be human. We do not make choices like the other animals do, driven by instinct, you see. Uh, We are rational creatures. We have this ability to perceive the world around us, to think about it, to take it in, to make value judgments. We're moral creatures. You see, we have this ability to perceive the world around us, to determine in our minds and hearts whether or not a thing is good or evil, and then to go towards the good and to be repulsed by the evil. We make free choices all of the time, constantly, even to this present day. Adam had that ability to freely choose, and so do all who have ever lived. Men are not irrational beasts, and neither are they robots. Men and women have this ability to make real, free, and genuine choices. Choices for which they will have to give an account before God, by the way. And we will give an account before God for these choices because they are our choices. They are choices that we make, truly and from the heart. But here is the question that so many who believe in free will forget to ask What is man's estate or condition? The nature of man has never changed. Man is still an image bearer. Man still has the capacity to freely choose. What changed when Adam fell into sin? It was his estate or his condition. Man is fallen now. Man is fallen now. And when man was in his state of innocence, he had the freedom and power to will and to do that which was good and well-pleasing to God. But yet he was Mutable, so that he might fall from sin, you see? In that original condition, that, 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 that state of innocency, he had this ability to, f- to freely obey God and to live in a way that was pleasing to him, but he also had this ability to rebel, you see? Now that man has fallen into sin, what have we lost? We have not lost the ability to freely choose. No, we have lost all ability of will to any spiritual good accompanying salvation. So as natural man being altogether averse from that good and dead in sin is not able by his own strength to convert himself or to prepare himself unto. That is our confession's way of saying with with old English, of course, that, that, that it is our ability that has changed. We make real choices still, but now that we are fallen into sin, we are perverse. We are depraved. So that by nature, what do we do? We are drawn to that which is evil and we are repulsed by that which is good. We are fallen, brothers and sisters. But here is the good news. When God converts a sinner to bring them to faith in Christ, He translates them into another state of being. 
He translates them into another estate. Our confession calls this the state of grace. And in this state of grace, God does free him from his natural bondage under sin, and by his grace alone enables him freely to will and to do that which is spiritually good. Yet so is that by reason of his remaining corruptions, he does not perfectly nor only will that which is good, but does also will that which is evil. This is the state of being that we are in now, currently, if in Christ. God, by His grace, has has changed us. It's called regeneration, done by the Word and Spirit. He's renewed our hearts. He's written the law new and afresh upon us. He's freed us from spiritual bondage. He's changed our wills. So that now in this new state of being, we are still human. We were born humans and we're humans now in Christ Jesus, made in the image of God. All of that is true. That has not changed. Our nature has not changed. But our estate has changed. Through regeneration, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we now have this ability to do that which is pleasing to God again. It's the reason you came to Christ in the first place. Because God graciously renewed you. He opened your blind eyes. He took your ignorant mind and made you able to see and to comprehend the goodness of God and His glory in Christ Jesus. Are you following with me? Uh, he, he, He restored something in us, you see. This is our condition now. This is our estate. We are in a state of grace. Thanks be to God. It's by His mercy alone that we are in this state. But here's what you and I know to be so very true. Corruptions remain in us. The flesh wars against the Spirit, doesn't it? We do not always do what we ought to do or even what we want to do here as we sojourn in this world. Finally, I will say this. The will of man is made perfectly and immutably free to good alone in the state of glory only. This is also our confession. When will we come into the state of glory? When Christ returns, new heavens and new earth. Will you be free then? By the way, will you have a free will in heaven, in the new heavens and new earth? Will you have a free will? Will you make real choices in in the new heavens and new earth? Or will you be robots? You will have a free will, brothers and sisters. You will not be robots. You will not be driven by mere instinct like the animals are. You will be truly human. Why is it then, in the new heavens and new earth, that you will not have the ability to sin? How how is that? How will it be that in the new heavens and new earth, sinning will not be a possibility for you? It's not because your free will has been taken away. It's because you have been so changed that you are now in a new estate, namely the state of glory. Those corruptions that remain now, those corruptions that remain now will be no more. Are you following with me? We're humans all along. We have this ability to choose. What changed though from innocency to sin and from sin to grace and from grace to glory? What is the thing that changes? It is our state of being. It is the quality of our nature that has changed, you see. And thanks be to God, we are in a state of grace now, if in Christ Jesus. And don't you long for that day when you will be in the state of glory, where where in that state you will only desire to serve God? You will not be tempted to do anything else besides that. And you will have this this power uh, to do so perfectly and perpetually for all eternity. Again, I say, like I said in the morning sermon, this is one of the things that will make heaven, heaven. Praise be to God. Brothers and sisters, if Adam would have passed the test, he would have entered into glory. He would have been confirmed and established in uprightness. Adam fell, but Jesus Christ succeeded. Christ has entered into glory, 
and all who have faith in him will enter into glory with him. Again we say, thanks be to God. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the salvation that is ours in Christ Jesus. Indeed, to have our sins washed away is is a great and precious gift, but there is more. Uh, You have also renewed us. We thank you for this. This is ours in Christ Jesus because of the work that he has finished. This is ours by faith. This is ours by the gracious working of your Holy Spirit. We thank you also for this, that not only have you washed away our sins so that our debt is taken away, but you have renewed us so that we might willingly serve you in this world. Help us to grow in grace. Help us to grow so that we no longer obey the flesh or chase after the world. Help us to walk by the Spirit continuously, O God, so that we do that which is pleasing to you always. Lord Jesus, come quickly. We long for that day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.